Hey guys, and welcome back to all of it. This is episode two, and thank you so much for all of the love on episode one. As I mentioned on episode one, I was super, super nervous to actually start this um, and release it. Now that I was finally in the process of doing it, I had wanted to do it for so long and um, it's so exciting to actually be doing it. So episode two is going to be all about all of the kind of mistakes and um, lessons that I've learned along the way in terms of training and nutrition. And there has been a lot of mistakes and a lot of lessons. So I have been taking my training somewhat serious um, for about 10 years now and when I first started doing so it was a very different world health and fitness um, to what it is now and when I first started actually training there wasn't like gyms on every street corner like there is now you know there wasn't a whole range and abundance of different fitness facilities and um information out there and so what you actually chose to do with your health and fitness was very limited and the the base knowledge that you could gain was very different it's not like today where you can just jump on instagram and you know see a strength workout or or have the constant reminder that like it's not always about losing weight and, you know, you shouldn't cut food groups. And I feel like there is an abundance. Sometimes that's a negative thing, but then sometimes it's also a positive thing. If you're a female who's really trying to break through those barriers of like eating less and training more and just jumping on the treadmill, you can really um, interact with content that's going to reaffirm that to you. And um, 10 years ago, that, that definitely wasn't the case. You know, it was still all about being skinny and being less. And when I first started training, it wasn't necessarily from a bad standpoint, um, body wise, you know, I don't remember having a overly bad relationship with my body. However, upon interaction in the health and fitness industry, I would say that my body image definitely worsened, um, to that of when, I hadn't really interacted with health and fitness in such a serious way. And by that, I mean, I was, I'd always played sports. Um, You know, I'd played netball growing up. I'd done swimming. I'd done an array of sports. I was not very good at sport. (laughs) I mean, you know, I, I was fine at like netball and swimming, but I, I tried, you know, at least 10 other sports like, um, soccer, I tried tennis, I tried basketball, I tried Oztag, I tried, tried touch, I tried dancing. I just wasn't very good <laughs> at any one sport. So I guess I'd kind of told myself, even when I started training seriously, that like, you're not going to be very good at this. <laughs> um, and so when I moved on to like actually wanting to you know, kind of be conscious of my, um, of my body and like training and being a little bit more health conscious. Um, I went into it from a, from a point of only ever really, um, have having interacted with health and fitness and sport in a way of like team sport or performance, um, based, even if I wasn't great at it, it was from a point of like, it was never about doing sport for body image. So, 
when I first started training it, it was from that kind of same standpoint. Like I just wanted to move my body and I knew that I was, you know, kind of 17, 18 at the time I was becoming more aware of how I, um, of how my body looked and how my body was changing with like certain foods and obviously alcohol was being introduced and all of that stuff. And I noticed changes in my body. And so while it was still from like, okay, I'm, I'm being mindful when I look in the mirror and like the, some of the changes I don't necessarily like and all of that stuff, I wasn't overly concerned about it. And I think that's, I think that's a really important point because then when I started, um, at, I started at a local gym, which was still like, you know, 20, 30 minutes away. Um, the gym at the time, it wasn't really like um, welcoming for women. Like there was a, a women's only section. And in that women's only section, you'd have like one to 10 kilo dumbbells and then a few pin loaded machines. But majority of the time, the women just spent the time in the classes or in the like treadmill area. And then I um, also had another membership for like a group class facility. And I guess the constant challenge cycle only ever really used the language about being less, like losing weight. Okay, we're going to weigh you at the start of the challenge and then we're going to weigh you at the end of the challenge and we're going to see how much weight you've lost. And that is where I kind of grew this um, hyper awareness of my body and how my body looked that I hadn't previously had before. And that's now looking back kind of where I feel the fitness industry hasn't grown from very much. Um, because I might've gone to that facility with a goal of bettering my body composition or even might've used the words at the time, get skinnier or, you know, tone or all of that kind of stuff. But there was no one there to kind of tell you, no, that's actually like, that's not your goal. Like your goal is that you want to like build muscle and you want to look a certain way. And with that is going to require you to, yes, be more mindful of your protein intake and all of that stuff. Um, but we don't necessarily need to be, you know, running for endless hours and smashing your body with cardio. And that's not really what I got. I just got a hyper awareness of food, um, told to cut out certain food groups and then also having to weigh myself quite regularly, which was a habit that I didn't previously have. So that was the first mistake that I really made. It was just taking every piece of information that I got um, from health and fitness professionals and taking it as 100% this is exactly what I should do. Um, in that, I also kind of became um, a little obsessive with doing more, like more is more. I must, you know, I got to a point where um, at that time I was preparing to go to Europe and I got to a point where I was, you know, going to the gym twice a day. I'd go to do a group class, um, whether that be at the group class like facility, go and do one of their like hit classes or if it was at the gym, I'd go and do like a body pump class. 
yeah, I went through a huge body pump phase. Like I thought I was strength training. Like I really thought that's what strength training was. <laughs> Just like loading up the pump bar. And I think you can load it like maybe to 30 kilos. And I was like, I'm seriously strong here. I thought I was like killing it. Um, And then the other session that I would do would be that I would make myself stay either on the treadmill or the cross trainer for 30 minutes at a bare minimum every single time. So there would be like two sessions a day. And this was like in preparation for Europe. But I was just so... I became so obsessed with this kind of schedule that I had had created. Like, yep, one strength or hit session and then one pure movement session, like treadmill or run or um or cross trainer for a certain amount for a certain amount of time. And then with that came the next step. So when I'd first started, I just started worrying about training and about moving more and more and more. And then the next step was the food. I was like, nope, I'm not, I'm not losing enough. And so then the next step, I became really hyper aware of food. And I guess when you're in this kind of challenge environment in a group class facility, you're given um, guidelines for food that are, that are super restrictive. And that is still the case now. So when I say, I, I mentioned in my previous podcast that I don't feel as though Australia has come very far with fitness um, and that I felt like the UK when I lived in the UK was a very different world with health and fitness. That's kind of what I meant by that. Um, Australia is still very, you know, challenge based and still even in those environments is very much like strict guidelines with food. Um, whereas, yeah, as I mentioned in the UK, it is more like individual training and individual approaches and, um, you know, females strength training and feeling more comfortable in gyms than I notice notice here. So, you know, then when I wanted to kind of get more advice about nutrition there was just like really strict guidelines like I remember at one time I was told to eat like six almonds as a snack and for breakfast I could have a banana and like two wheat bix or a banana and an egg white omelet um how gross are egg whites by themselves but by themselves by the way like I, this was the egg white thing was something that I carried on for like many years um just like having an egg white omelette. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, and then I think like lunch, I remember that the, the most ridiculous rule was that there was no bread. I could only have wraps. So I became like really obsessed with having not no bread, just having a wrap. So I'd have like a chicken wrap for lunch. Um, and then dinner was just like, chicken or like protein sauce and veg and then some almonds and when I look back now like I would have been consuming so little calories and and you can really I could really tell at the time like especially for how much I was moving but at the time my anxiety was at an all-time high my sleep was at an all-time low um yes I was losing a lot of weight but my mood and my emotional state was just all over the place and I really took I really um, went hard with this kind of challenge mentality because as I mentioned, I had a goal and I was going to Europe and I lost a lot of weight and I was kind of the leanest, skinniest I had ever really been. But in that, the rebound that occurred from that was quite big in in my opinion when looking back at my own journey um, because 
after Europe, after I'd like, you know, finished Europe and been in the UK for, for a month or so, I was the heaviest I had ever been. So I was heavier than when I had started this fitness journey. My body composition was, um, you know, in, in terms of aesthetics wise, when I looked in the mirror, I felt like I had taken 20 steps backwards from where I started. And that was a huge eye opener to me because in, I had, I felt that I had worked so, so, so hard and to take all of those steps back in what was only like a 10 week period was like, was huge. And I had no idea how else to make changes other than to go back into what I had done. And I guess that that is how that cycle starts. You know, you just, yes, you might be able to take these drastic approaches in terms of cutting out carbs and smashing your body, but it only lasts for that short period of time. And then when you want to go back to living your life, and I guess like Europe is a um, amplified version of that, you know, drinking more, eating more and all that, you are going to feel like you've taken all those steps back and you've got no real lifestyle approach to it. So that was the first real mistake I made. Um, then when I kind of returned and I wanted to make changes, um, I remember the social media that was like big at the time was Bebo. And I remember on Bebo, like people that had a big following and that were kind of, you know, preaching health and fitness at the time, they used to list their weight in like their, um, info. And I remember I would like have all of these girls that I thought their bodies were like looked amazing. And on on Bebo, I'd go on and I'd, I'd see their weight. And I remember I fixated on one girl that I thought like, oh yeah, her body is like what I want. Um, and she was a certain weight. So that's when I then reverted back to kind of what I'd done in that challenge mentality of weighing myself every single day, but not from a standpoint of like data collection and, um, and how I use it now. It was from the point of like, I need to get to this weight and then I'm going to look like this girl. And I remember, um, like after, you know, smashing myself in the gym and all that, like my weight got quite close to that and I looked nothing like that girl. And I think that that's a huge reminder to everyone. It's like, you cannot compare yourself. Like if your training is completely different to someone, but even if your training is exactly the same as someone and you eat exactly the same as someone and you're exactly the same weight as someone, your body is going to look completely different. But then secondary to that, that girl was clearly like strength training. Um, and I was still just smashing my body, doing endless amounts of cardio and doing pump classes that I thought was strength training. So that was like the, the, the next big mistake that I made was for a while there, I was like really fixated on, the number on the scale. Um, and then the next thing that I remember doing was feeling like I needed to move on to weight training. By that time I was, um, training more with Tim in the gym, which meant that I had like kind of a person that could take me into the weight section so that I, I could move a little bit away from from pump classes and from cardio because I felt like I had someone to take me in there, which is so ridiculous, right? When you think about it, like I genuinely felt like I had no place in that weight section unless I had a male with me. Um, and that's just how it was. Like there was not a female up there. Um, nowhere. Like 
the gym that I was at at the time, their weight section was on the way to the group classroom and females would literally like walk with their head down to the group classroom in there and then straight out. There wasn't, I don't ever remember being around another female in the um, weights room. And even when I look back at my mentality, it was like, if I went to the gym and Tim wasn't there at the time, I would not feel as though I had a place there. Like, and that's not that long ago, you know, like 10, eight, eight years ago or something, 10 to eight to 10 years ago. Um, so like in ways we have come far, but, and then in other ways, I know that there are females out there that still feel that way. They still feel as though they do not have a place in the weights room. And so even though I would sometimes go into the weights room with Tim, um, I still was so self-conscious. Like I was so aware that I felt like I didn't belong there and it really held me back in what I actually did there. Um, like I, I felt so weak. I didn't want to do anything that I thought might embarrass myself. And this is all, this was all new to me. So I was going to kind of be not knowing what I was doing and, and really, um, having to play around with machines and all that. So for a long time, I just stuck with the machines that I knew how to work. Like if I knew how to do the leg extension, that's what I was going to do because that's what I was confident with. So for ages, my sessions had no um, purpose, no structure. It was just like, if the leg extension is free and I know how to use it, that's what I'm going to use. And then if the shoulder press machine is free, I'm then going to go there. So I kind of just like hopped from machine to machine and did the exercises that I knew. And then I guess um, from there, the next thing that I mistake I made was when I'd reached a point where I was like felt lean and skinny, um, but I still wasn't happy with my body because obviously it wasn't, I hadn't changed my body composition much. I just like lost a lot of weight. I was so afraid to eat anymore. Um, and it wasn't in terms of like, um, going into like a surplus or anything. It was just like even just eating foods that I'd previously taken out. When I was wanting to reach a goal, I found myself reverting back to those habits of like, okay, I'm going to take all these foods out and I'm not going to eat this. I'm like, I'm not going to eat chocolate and I'm not going to eat bread again. I'm just going to eat wraps and I'm just going to eat egg whites. And so it was kind of that cycle of um, like, labeling foods as good and bad and then not being mindful of my protein intake and not consuming enough to build any real muscle. I remember when I was in that challenge mentality, just going back like a few, like a year before, you know, I'd kind of entered the weight section. Um, it was my 21st birthday and my mum had put on like a family event and we had like pizza, uh, like a, a like somebody come to the house and they like made pizza and it was like amazing wood fire pizza. And like my mom knew I loved pizza and my auntie had made me this amazing caramel mud cake, all my favorite foods. And I just freaked out. I was like, you know, I am doing, I have this goal and I'm trying to get to where I want to be. Like I can't eat this food. I just remember the um, internal meltdown that then crossed over 
into this event that was my birthday that was one night and I had no food flexibility at the time at all. Um, I remember on that night the pizza was amazing and my auntie's cake that she made was amazing. I remember I had one one slice of pizza and like the little like the, I have a photo and I have like a little slither of cake. Um, and I think that just sums up so much of my mentality at the time. I, I was so heavily restricted. Um, and as long as I could control every single element of food and training, I was happy. And if I wasn't able to control the food or the training, um, that would kind of just make me spiral a little bit. And I thought that in my mind, I was going to lose everything that I had, you know, trained and worked for. So that was another huge mistake I made because it meant that I had an all or nothing approach. Um, you know, if I could give 150%, then I was happy. But if I could give any less than that, to me, it didn't count. And it, it was pretty much just useless and it was going to send me back. Um, and then I guess beyond that, when I'd kind of gotten a little bit more like, okay, oh, I'm, I'm going to strength train now. It took me a long time to kind of follow structured training because even though I was in the weights room and I was, um, you know, felt more comfortable to be there and I was, you know, making an effort and it was, it was taking up majority of my training. I still was self-conscious about who was around me, about what they were doing, about if they were looking at me, if I was going to make myself look stupid. So I never really wanted to have a rigid plan that I had to follow because I felt like, well, what if somebody's on that machine or what if this, and I, just would go in there with no plan for way longer than I care to admit. Um, and just like kind of do whatever. Um, I guess then when um, we were in England, as I've spoken about, I felt more comfortable in, in the weights room. So I, I started to follow more of a program. It wasn't very structured or um, it would change if I needed it to. I wasn't still 100% confident. But I guess my biggest barrier then was still an inability to accept that to get to where I wanted to be, I was going to need to consume more food. I could not let go of a certain scale weight number. I was like, if I, if I have to be in and around, like by that stage, I wasn't so fixated on, um, being like an exact number. I'd learned a little bit more about how your, your weight can fluctuate. So I thought by giving myself like a two kilo range that, that was good enough. And I was like, if I can stay in this range, I'm really happy. Like that's where I want to be. But uh, on the same hand, I was like, um, no, I want to be like, I want to have this person's body. And that person's body was like training really hard and they were eating more. Uh, so it took me a long time to get to the stage where I was like, okay, I'm going to have to give some energy into actually learning about food and, um, knowing you know why this stuff is important in terms of protein and fats and carbs and thinking about the calorie intake that I was having um, I was very I was very active at the time I was always walking and once I'd kind of figured out how much I was eating compared to like how much I was training I couldn't believe once I'd had a little bit more education on it how little I had been consuming and for how long I had been consuming that as I mentioned, it's not just about the um, the 
like scale weight and the aesthetics of that, that that comes with being in a deficit for so long. When I look back at those times, they were some of the highest anxiety, stressful, um, my worst insomnia periods of my life. And that is another huge mistake I made, just not seeing food as something that can nourish my body and that's something that can help me um, not seeing training as something that can assist my mental health. I always for like, you know, by this stage, we're four to five years into a training journey and I still had not managed to move away from the mentality that training was there to smash my body and to change my body. And that was its only purpose. And I still had not moved away from the fact that food was a problem that I needed to solve. Um, And it wasn't until I kind of had this little shift where I was like, training has saved me. It has like, I've had periods of time where I have felt so anxious and so depressed and so low. And the only consistency and the only thing that, Um, kind of is able to bring me back to myself mentally is training that I had a really deep appreciation for what my body can do and actually putting energy into getting stronger. And I've mentioned this before in posts when I talk about strength training, strength training was something for me that I could remind myself that I had strength when I felt really mentally week. Um, and that's what I mean by it saved me. It really brought me back to a sense of self where I had, um, told myself like, you're so weak, you're always anxious. Like you're really struggling mentally at the time. Like talking about like anxiety and depression was not like really a thing. Like, um, I didn't really speak about it much to anyone. I was on anxiety medication. I, um, had to have medication to sleep and I felt like that was a failure. Like I felt like because of that, I was failing. And so being able to train really and, and see progression really did remind me that I wasn't failing at everything. Um, and then the same thing with food, when I started to learn about food and like, the purpose of protein and the purpose of ensuring that your fat intake is high enough and ensuring that you're eating enough and all of that. I saw food as something that can nourish my body and something that can provide me with joy and, and all of these things. And I just became so passionate about saving people from that whole lead up of all of those years. Um, And giving them this information that, no, you don't need to hate your body and smash your body um, in order to make change. Like changing your body is never going to be sustainable from a place of hate. And I wholeheartedly stand by that because, yes, losing weight was possible from a place of, you know, self kind of judgment, but maintaining any kind of result that I was happy with and felt comfortable with and felt proud of never, ever occurred when I was in that state. It only occurred when I was like, look at what my body can achieve. Um, Look at how 
like the strength that I am able to gain and that I'm able to continuously progress on. It was the only way that sustainable and and change that I was proud of was actually able to happen. Um, and having like food freedom once I finally kind of got it back was super important to me because prior to the time where I wanted to like make changes with my body and interacted with like um, food restriction in, in terms of like challenges and stuff like that. Um, I had always had a really great relationship with food. Like I had always, you know, had huge family events with a lot of food. I'd always loved food. I, um, was never really the type of person that loved foods that you would class as overly healthy. Like you wouldn't catch me eating a salad every day. I was like a spaghetti bolognese girl five times a week at home, family dinner. So to have that food freedom back and have no restriction on food. Like I also love chocolate. That's how I've always been. So to have that food freedom back took like a weight off my shoulders as well, because I felt as though I'd lost that part of me. And I think that's a huge mistake that people still make is that they think that in order to make change and in order to like lose weight or change your body, you need to be so strict with your food. And then in doing that, you end up losing certain elements because food is so much more than just like, oh, it's going to fuel my training. That's not, not, not its only purpose. And I think that it's, it's one of the biggest mistakes that I did make and for the longest because it did take away um, a lot of the social freedom that I had. And I guess then when I became more confident in my training and um, was like feeling really strong and didn't feel like I had to be in a constant deficit, the thing that I then struggled with the most was having rest days like I then got to a place where I loved it so much and I loved training and I just like I mentioned I I saw the improvement in my mental health it was then hard for me to have days off um and so the amount that I was training was a lot like you know six to seven days a week in the beginning and I was just unable to recover from my training properly. So I was really trying to, um, to make some like not only strength gains, but build muscle. And it was always from a place of poor recovery because the training volume was so high. Um, and that took me a while as well to kind of be like, okay, I'm only going to train four or five days max. And that was a huge change from what I was used to. Um, and then also, even though I'd gotten to a place where I was comfortable with food, I still struggled to move away from my maintenance period. It wasn't really until I'd done my first slight surplus where I accepted that the weight was going to, the scale weight was going to increase, that I saw the biggest changes in my body. Um, by that time, I'd been training for a few years and that, that period that I gave to a surplus I still look back and I'm proud of that girl because it was so hard. Um, like it was hard mentally to push through that barrier. It wasn't a huge thing that was spoken about online at the time. Um, it was at a time where it was like skinny was, was really in. Um, and yes, like having muscle was starting to be um, a little bit more popular, but it was still like tight, tight waists, like very much 
like skinny was still in. So it was hard to have that surplus time where I was seeing like my clothes aren't fitting me as well. And, and that kind of, from that point of view, um, I look back and I'm like, whoa, I'm, I'm proud of that girl who pushed through and, and started eating more food. Um, and then I just realized how much I loved eating more food. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> um, and I kind of really did then start to push, push that phase and move away from, um, the scale weight that I was at like I I let it go completely and just figured out that the body composition that I I wanted was was not in that range that that's not where it was going to be for me and I um became more comfortable with letting it letting it go a little bit I think it's also really important to um, mention here that I ensured that I was in an environment to the best of my ability that supported what I was doing. So I was in a in a gym, I was in a commercial gym and although I had some negative experiences in terms of um, like comments made and things like that, the people that I chose to, the core people that I chose to be around with was so supportive of like, eating more and training and um, like rest days and rest periods. And that made a huge, huge difference to me. Um, because I think if you had a, if you're in an environment where they're constantly talking about being skinny, being less, doing challenges, you're not going to be as keen on doing maintenance periods and um, having rest days and taking a break because you've always got this message in the back of your head that, you know, you should be losing weight and you should be training more and you should be, your training should be like more cardio and, and all of that stuff. And I guess that was how the environment was when I'd first started training. And as a result, I saw myself get stuck in this like cycle of, more training, less food, more training, less food, and never really happy with my body. So not only did I make the changes of, um, ha- you know, having structured programming and strength training properly, taking rest days and being comfortable to eat more, it was also that even when the self-doubt did creep in, because trust me, it, it will creep in and you're going to have a voice in your head that that says these things to you like, oh, maybe like, maybe we could just stick at maintenance and like, maybe that's enough now. Like maybe we can train extra and like, maybe we should be doing more, um, cardio and all of this stuff. You've got like a a support system of people who are like cheering you on for, you know, keep going. You're looking great this way. You're like your strength training, you're getting stronger and, Um, all of that stuff. So I think that that was a really important element for me personally. And I guess it was like around that time where I became super passionate about um, educating females and helping them with their fitness and health journey and stopping them falling into these traps that I had fallen into because I saw like, wow, like with the right education and the right um, environment, the progress that you can make from the very beginning is far greater than the years it took me to make the progress it took. Um, And also the kind of spiral effect, as as I've mentioned, of um, being in the wrong environments 
can create an issue that you never even had before, like where I then became hyper aware of scale weight and all of that stuff. Um, it's really important that you're, you're nurturing your relationship with your body and with food in whatever journey that you take. Um, and it's important to remember that, yes, you can have a body composition goal. There's nothing wrong with that. But if it is at a detriment to how you see yourself, um, or if it's at a detriment to the relationship that you have with food, then it's probably not worth it. The trade-off is too, too much and it's not the route that you should be taking. And I, when I say that, I say that from a place of love and from a place of experience with the same thing. Um, I, as I've mentioned, I guess you see now on Instagram, me posting my, my training now that's 10 years in the making. (laughs) It hasn't always been that way. I went through phases where I thought I needed to go for a run every day. And I went through phases where I thought I should do pump class every day and, and all of that stuff. I just don't have the footage from, from that. Like that's not the stuff that you see, but I think it's really important to remember that it doesn't have to be that way because I can tell you firsthand that I did all of that stuff for far too many years for, for more years than I, am proud of admitting to and it wasn't till I stopped doing all that that I got to a place where I was truly happy with my body and with my training and I felt like everything complemented each other. Um, I'm really keen to hear other people's experiences though because I know that everybody's like kind of training and nutrition journey is so different and we all learn different lessons and make different mistakes along the way so I'm I'm keen to hear if you made any mistakes that I didn't mention or you learned any lessons that I didn't mention because I think the more that we share our mistakes and our lessons um, the more seen and understood other people feel you know we don't just start from a place where we're all comfortable in the gym and we don't just start from a place where we're where we feel super strong most of us do start from a place where we're judging our body and we start from a place where um we don't necessarily love training and that's okay uh but it's about finding the route that not only makes you less focused on on your body but makes you less focused on controlling food um and your body and more focused on what your body can do and how food can provide for you not only in terms of um function wise but socially and um and all of those elements so please please do let me know um how you got to where you are in your journey and the mistakes that you made along the way Um, and also let me know any other topics that you are interested in hearing in the future Um, I really enjoyed diving into this a little bit more um, so I'm, I'm super keen for the coming episodes